Welcome, and thank you for joining us at Gallery Church Downtown. Our gathering is about to begin. Please say hello in the comments or connect with us through email at connect at gcbdowntown.com. Take a minute to grab your Bible and open the notes section in our church app to follow along during the teaching. You will also need to have your communion supplies ready for the end of the gathering. I want to kind of help us get started by just taking a deep breath and giving ourselves even the remotest chance of being able to settle in and become fully present in our time together today. I was reminded, and I had to make a slide for this, one of my favorite art, um, authors is a lady named Ruth Haley Barton, and um, she, uh, and I think we have this on a slide, Josie, um, uh, she was quoted in one of her books as sharing this, um, keeping the Sabbath, which is what generally a Sunday is for most people outside of pastors. Um, it's a way for us to um, honor, it honors the body's need to rest, the spirit's need for replenishment, and the soul's need to delight itself in God for God's sake. And I love that. Let me just say that one more time. It honors the body's need for rest, the spirit's need for replenishment, and the soul's need to delight itself in God for God's sake. And if there is a point in us being together in this space, it is to give us a chance to let this be true over us. I know that no matter where we live, where you've worked this week, where you spent some time playing yesterday, it doesn't matter. We probably bumped up against a lot of things that can stress our soul, can stress our body. And, um, and I'm hopeful that today can be a day that, that we can find nourishment, uh, encouragement, something that brings life. Um, I love this prayer that goes along with, um, with Ruth Haley Barton's quote. It says, Lord, I bring my body before you for rest and restoration. What a powerful prayer for us today. I lift my spirit to you for replenishment and refreshment. And I still my soul to wait in your presence on this day of rest. And this reminded me of the story of Elijah when Elijah had just had this miraculous battle with all of these prophets and and his soul was weary, even though he won what believed to be a very public victory, he left drained and discouraged and li literally in fear of one person. Like he overcame 500, even tauntingly, but then there was just one particular individual that he struggled with. And that just really speaks to us in our human condition. We can have a fantastic day followed by a day of just nothing but despair and discouragement. And I read this in First Kings. 19, 6 and 7. It says, Elijah looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. I love that. There's some days where it's nice to take a nap, to eat and take another nap. Can I get an amen to that? All right. Some of you are like, what? You can do that? And I'm like, yes, it's in the Bible. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more or the journey ahead will be too much for you. And so can I just say that to us this morning? If we don't allow ourselves to get fully present today, and we don't take full advantage of the soul nourishing, the physical nourishment that we need today, 
the journey ahead for the challenges we might face this week, this week might become just too much for us. There has to be discipline in our lives of allowing our bodies and minds and souls and hearts to be ready. And so Aida, who is currently speaking at our Patterson Church, is getting ready to, trans, to, to be driven over here, and she's going to be sharing with us in just a few moments. And she's going to be talking to us about one of the things that we can discipline ourselves to do so that we have a chance of being ready for the challenges that come our way each week and not live in a spirit of discouragement or a spirit of despair, but we can live in a spirit of power and love and reconciliation and all the things that our hearts are craving. And so as our worship team comes up right now, let me just lead us in a moment of prayer around this today based upon what we just said. So Lord, we do bring to you our bodies because we need rest. We need restoration. And Father, we're bringing to you our spirit today because our spirit needs replenishing and it needs a refreshing. And Father, we do today bring to you our soul because we are longing for your presence. And so Father, right now, as we are so out of the habit of being together, Lord, would you help us to be able to breathe in this morning um, whether we're online or in person, and find ourselves fully present, not thinking on what's behind us, but thinking on what's ahead. You have given us a great hope, and we want to announce that hope to the people around us. And so, Father, would your Spirit help us to be still? And would your Spirit bring us the power that comes with the new life we found in Jesus Christ? And it's in Jesus that we are able to even offer this prayer. Amen. All right, guys, you can be seated. You know, a lot of times the songs we sing um, can uh, very quickly just become words or, um, I don't know, we just are standing here and hearing them, but I really hope that there was a moment in that that you just really let those truths come over you. And Chris, if you guys want to come up and get Aida's mic set up during this time of announcements, you guys are good on that too. So um, let me give you guys just a couple of announcements. I, I feel like announcements in our gatherings many times are um, killers of spiritual momentum. So let me just say, let me just call that out. But I do feel like that what we're going to be talking about in our announcements is going to be good for our soul. So let me start with Sabbath Sunday, which is next week. Um, you might need to turn your phone on and put this on your calendar, give yourself a reminder, but we will not be gathering in person next Sunday. We believe that there is um, something powerful for us saying to our Father in heaven that we are just wanting to take a day where nobody in our church has to do anything to serve others. But we are literally saying to our Father, we are 100% dependent upon you. Um, one of the things that I love that Pete Scazzaro shared is that it allows God to take us off the addictive drug of doing. I love that. I, I, I think it's important for us to let that set in for a minute. Many of us just really think that in a way that we're going to honor God is if we just do more. Others of us feel like if we are going to honor the people around us, we have to do more. 
And I think a taking a day where we allow everybody in our church family to step off of that is great. Respecting God's gift of limits. What a powerful statement to just maybe meditate on if you find yourself alone today. Where are you being bumped up against in your limitations? Um, and how often do we try to beg God to change our limitations rather than to just say, God, use me as I am. Um, there's also the being receptive to him. I think there's so much of our life is about God listening to our demands, but yet we're not taking time to just say, God, speak to me. What words do you have just for me? Recognizing that we're not in control. Um, I don't want to show any hands in here today, but how many, how many of us in here can rhetorically respond to that by just saying, I, as much as I want, I am just literally not in control of the things that are coming my way. Um, it replenishes the nutrients in the soul, uh, the soil of our souls, which we talked about at the beginning of our gathering. And it's taming our innermost monsters. And can I just say how many of us could just take time and just share what has been attacking us from within? Uh, and we would probably have a diverse response to that. And taking a day, now again, since it's 4th of July weekend, it's going to be very easy for us as a church to just be about picnics and be about people. So it's going to take some intentionality on all of our part to actually let next Sunday accomplish this. And so these points are on our social media pages. It's in, it'll be in the app for you. These are ways that you can just sit and just allow this list to wash over you. All right. And then July 11th. So let me just share this for two weeks. We're not going to be in this space. Uh, so we will not be gathering the first two Sundays of what we call our new year. So our church year ends today and next in July. And so the first Sunday is Sabbath. The second Sunday, we're joining with our brothers and sisters at Patterson Park, and we're going to the Skycroft Conference Center. There's ways in the app that you can register for this. If you can't afford this, we still want you to go. We will be organizing some carpools from here so that those of you that don't have transportation, don't have a $30 Uber ride out there, we will work on getting us there together. So let us know that you want to participate in us. The theme for that day is the word abide. We want to understand what it really means for us to sit in this together. And then the next time that we gather in this space, I am super excited that my wife Ginger is going to be talking to us about the discipline of hospitality and how the early church used it in a way to not only encourage the brothers and sisters in faith, but the way that they shared it with strangers. And so I'm looking forward to seeing how she shares that with us. So that's some dates, July 4th, July 11th. 11th, July 18th. So that's calendar items. And I noticed that hardly any of you took notes. So I hope you have photographic memory. But we also are um, sh- uh, sharing two books with us this summer. We, we want to offer you some ways to renew your mind and restore your soul. And so we're offering, um, suggesting two summer reading books to you. One of them, um, which is What If Jesus Was Serious, which is a fa- fantastic but yet simple book that helps us walk through the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and I just want to encourage us in that today. So if you've never read a book, let me tell you, this could be your chance. The chapters are only about 90 second reads and there's pictures. 
cartoon drawings of the, that are very entertaining. So if you don't understand the words, maybe you have a chance to understand the pictures or vice versa. So uh, I want to encourage us to saturate ourselves in the Sermon on the Mount this summer. And then the next was written by a friend of ours that has been to church with us on numerous occasions over the last few years. But my friend Terrence Lester wrote a book, When We Stand. And I, as we are constantly engaging in the conversation of justice and injustice, and as we are still trying to figure out as believers, no matter what our skin tone, our education, our economics, there are so many places that the church needs to deal with injustice. And there's, there's so many. I mean, we could list them out and we would still be here an hour from now. So many places that the world is groaning and broken. And I feel like my friend Terrence is offering us a chance to take some steps forward in how we can love each other well and engage in issues of justice as Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount. So I would encourage us to read that together as well. So right now I want to draw your attention to the screen because we take time every time we gather to take an offering and to remind ourselves of the generosity of God uh, towards us in the ways that we can engage in generosity as his people. And so I would encourage you to join me in saying this prayer out loud together. Would you join me in saying this? Father in heaven, there is nothing I have that you have not given me. All I have belongs to you, bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. To spend everything on myself and to give without sacrifice is the way of the world that you cannot abide. But generosity is the way of those who Christ their Lord, who love him with free hearts and serve him with renewed minds, who withstanding the delusions of riches that chokes the word, whose hearts are in your kingdom and not in the systems of the world. I am determined to increase in generosity until it can be said that there is no needy person among us. I am determined to be trustworthy with such a little thing as money that you may trust me with true riches. Above all, I am determined to be generous because you, Father, are generous. It is the delight of your daughters and sons to share your traits and to show what you are like to all the world. Amen. And you guys can, you can give online. We have offering boxes in the room. Um, we want to just encourage you guys to remain faithful in the ways that we are using our, our talents and our gifts and our resources for his kingdom to come. Um, one announcement that I did forget that I do think is important. You'll notice in the more tab of your app, that um, we are having some summer growth community sessions that are designed for people that are new to our church or for those of us that have just been out of touch with one another. You'll go, you'll see summer sessions 2021 and the July dates are posted. Soon there'll be some August dates that you can also sign up for. You can register for one of them or you can register for all of them. It's totally up to you, but they'll be hosted in July at my home. My wife and I are going to be welcoming you. If the weather's good, we'll be on our roof deck. If the weather is not so good, it'll be indoors. Um, but we're looking forward to having you to our home. There is a limit to 15 people, so you must register to come. 
but that is the last of our registering. Once we get to July 1st and the state of emergency in Baltimore City as well as in our state is fully enacted, we will no longer be registering for our gatherings and it will be up to you if you decide if you want to wear a mask indoors. Um, that will be your preference. But we do need to register for these summer sessions because we need to, to protect the intimacy of those evenings and we want to give people an opportunity to be together. All right, that was a lot of information, and I told you it was, but um, there's a lot that we need to get caught up on. So this morning, I shared with you at the beginning that Aida, um, who's, who pastors with her husband at our Patterson family, uh, is going to be teaching with uh, us today on what I feel like is one of the next best and most important disciplines of a habit that we need to instill into our lives so that we can stand the pressures that come our way. So right now, would you welcome Aida and her daughter, Amaris, who's going to be her scripture reader for us today. comfortable now. So good morning everyone. It's nice to see all of you again today and even more numbers today which is so exciting. I'm so happy that we can meet in person together. It's uh, very important like I think my husband talked last, last Sunday how important it is to for the brothers and sisters to gather and come here together and praise the Lord because that's what we are here that's why we are here today, to praise the Lord. Is that right? Okay. So well, I'm so thankful to be with you again here. And, uh, of course, um, you need to get in, a, 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 in use with my southern accent, very southern. So please bear with me today. So today we are going to go to this habit. We have been talking about habitus which really is to get these habits in our life. As Christians, it's nothing that is we're trying to do that is not a command of the Lord. So one of those habits is to memorize the Word of God, which is very important. And today, um, I'm teaching myself first. <laughs> Practically, when I was going through the Scriptures and doing this, I really, this is a blessing for me because, again, I come here like I'm going to teach you, but I really am learning with you also. So today, um, we are going to talk about our mind, heart, soul, and the habit of memorizing God's word. Uh, we are going to read some scriptures first. That's why my daughter is here with me, because he has a less southern accent than me. So I love when she reads the scripture. So I, I don't want you necessarily, but if you want, it's okay to go through your Bibles or uh, devices, but please, please listen. Listen to the word. Okay. Uh, we're going to do five verses. The first one is Deuteronomy 1.18. So commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Matthew 22.29. Jesus replied, 
Your mistakes is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus, Jesus replied, "You must know. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind." Second Timothy three sixteen to seventeen. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Romans, Romans 12, 1 to 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know each, then you will know, then you will learn to know God will for you, which is God and, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Thank you, Amaris. I'm sorry, I put the last words in, in, uh, for her to read because I have those in this page, but I need this page for me. Okay, so let's let's start with this. I put the mind first, you know, because everything starts in our minds, really. So memorizing is not one of my favorite things to do. I have to confess that. And even it's becoming more challenging to my life in this stage of my life as I'm growing older. But it doesn't mean that I cannot do it, right? So... Of course, it was part of my daily routines as a student many years ago, especially when midterms and finalists were coming during my time, at, especially at high school and college. I was privileged in my country, Colombia, Colombia, South America, no Maryland, and I was really privileged there to be uh, able to attend one of the most prestigious colleges in Colombia. So I know um, many of you know that, about midterms and finals and memorizing. Uh, and it is really, um, we know that it's really a very important tool to success when we are, uh, when we are students. Uh, and I also know that for others, uh, this has not been an experience in your lives, depending on how much you were able to practice this during childhood and youth, depending on what kind of opportunities of privilege each of us had. But also I know that when we really have the desire and commitment to do something, we can accomplish it. And with the Holy Spirit in us, we also have the power to memorize scriptures. So I remember also when I was living in Colombia, the first church we attended with my family, there was a blind woman, probably in her 40s. It was a church where most of the people attending were from low-income families. So it was not different for this woman. She didn't have access to books in Braille alphabet for, for blind people. So her husband read the scriptures for her, and she decided at the end to memorize the scriptures. So for me, it was really amazing to listen to her reciting the scriptures. And I can say that it was a treat for me. I really, really love it. 
And there was an, another place in Colombia, and I remember uh, one of our, uh, one, uh, a pastor in Colombia, that he uh, belongs to uh, one of the indigenous tribes in Colombia. And uh, he lived, they live in a very, very remote area. So this pastor, he spoke Spanish, you know, because most of those tribes, they have their own languages, and almost every tribe have uh, its own, uh, their own language. So he spoke Spanish, but the other members of the tribe did not. And also they live, like I said, in a very remote area. So this pastor used to come every Sunday to a church, a church close in another village to learn about the scriptures. What he did is that he memorized the sermons of this pastor in this village, and then he went back to, her own, to his own village and preached the same sermon that he memorized, in the, of course, in the language of this tribe. He could not write the sermon in the tribe's language because they don't have alphabet. There are many tribes around the world that they don't have alphabet. And the only way to share with them the word of God is vocal. So there are many missionaries around the world trying to figure out this and getting uh, languages or alphabet for these tribes so they can write. But if this if it's not happening, they memorize the word. That's how they do and share the word with each other. So I know that every one of us, independent of if we were able to go to school or college or whatever, are able to memorize the word of God. Why? Because we all have the Holy Spirit in us. So like this blind woman and this indigenous pastor in Colombia, it means that me and you can memorize scriptures. And scriptures impact and transform every area in our lives. So I'm going to start today with our minds, memorizing scriptures and our minds, because everything starts with our thinking. Let's start with our minds. And it is going to be my main focus today, because everything starts with our thoughts. Then they go down to our hearts, and we treasure them in our, them in our hearts. And finally, they convince our soul, you know, that whatever has been treasured in our hearts is good to do. Our soul is more like our conscience. So we are going to do whatever is treasured in our hearts. And what happens? All our thoughts will become physically seen in our behaviors. I know we have all these wonderful tools today, like Pastor Eli said, he has more than one device, and multitask, you know? And really, uh, literally, we have the whole world at the tip of our fingers, literally, you know? We have smartphones, many devices, we have the internet, we have Google, who knows? Google knows everything, is the wisdom today, you know? Go Google, everything is there, whatever you need, you know? And it can be... A blessing, but it can be a curse, you know, because we think, we think. What is the purpose of memorizing scriptures? You know, we have our smartphones and everything, all of that. And even better, we can get our Bible, favorite Bible translation there. 
the one that I like the most, which is new, the, new, the New Living Translation for me. The problem is, and we have a problem, brothers and sisters, and is that our thoughts and minds are faster than our fingers and the internet. You know? You know that the thought travels faster than the light? Yeah, you can be whatever you want with your mind, really. So that is something that we need to take in account and why it's so important. What is in our mind and our thoughts? What kind of thoughts are flooding our minds daily? What kind of things are feeding our minds daily? And the internet can be good or can be really bad for that. So whatever those, those feedings uh, that thoughts are in our mind, they can easily govern our lives. So the most effective way to influence behavior is to influence thinking. You know, that's, that's the truth. Whatever we read, whatever we see, whatever we watch, whatever we listen to, that is going to influence our minds, our thinking, and our thoughts. So that is why it's so important that our minds have the scriptures at hand. Because our minds are faster than our fingers and the internet. So let's go to Ephesians 6.12. Amaris. Ephesians 6.12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard to imagine. At least for me, it is hard to imagine a dark world, an evil spirit, and even worse, I think. But it's how it is. In heavenly places. In heavenly places. And the problem is that we don't see them with our fleshy eyes. But they are there. They are real, even if we don't see them. And we have to fight them daily. It's our daily battle fighting something that we don't think, but that can influence our minds. But it's, we have remedy for that. That's the blessing here. So if all these things are in heavenly places, we cannot fight them with worldly weapons, but with spiritual weapons. Yes, weapons, weapons. It is just, it is just blind, mind blowing even for me to just visualize, visualize the word of God as a weapon. But it is not just any kind of powerful man-made weapon. No, it is a very full, very powerful, spiritual, offensive, offensive weapon. Yes, offensive. Wow, that was mind-blowing for me too. That's what I'm telling you that I really stop and start to think about all of this. And I'm learning with you today. I'm learning with you today. So this is an offensive weapon. The only offensive weapon listed in the whole armor of God. So Paul encourages you and me to wear the armor of God. And we need to use it daily. Let's see why. Amaris, Ephesians 6.13. Ephesians 6.13 therefore, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Then after the battle, you will standing 
firm. So again, the only offensive weapon listed in the whole armor of God is the word of God. Let's see Ephesians 6, 17. Ephesians 6, 17. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit. There's no other weapon in the armor of God. The other parts of the armor of God are protecting, protecting parts of that armor. But the only offensive weapon in that armor is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we need use to use that. We need it. Let's go to Romans uh, 12 to and, and see what Paul says there. Romans 12, 1 to 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world and let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So again, I love that part where it says, you know, that, but let God transform you into a new person by changing what? The way you think. It's, it's very clear. It doesn't need to go to many theological discussions or things. I, if you want to do it, please feel free to do it. I know there are people that know much more than I know about the scriptures. But uh, for me, it's clear. It's like there's nothing else to think about. Think. <laughs> so let's go to Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Colossians 3, 1 to 2. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of God at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Okay, again, when we go back there, it says, set your sights, you know, in the realities of heaven. Well, 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 well. How can we see all those spiritual things? in heaven you know we cannot but you know in verse 2 says think think about the things of heaven not the things of earth because the things of earth we can see them every day in our lives it's, they are there clearly you know but the things of heaven is hard to see like those spiritual things in, in heavenly places so what we need to do about that we need to think about that. That's the only way that we can see all those heavenly places there. There is no other way. How do we know about those heavenly places? How they are? How they work? We know how they work. All of that is in the Word of God. All of that is in the Word of God. Then we think about heavenly places. So we as followers of Christ cannot ignore the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But if we neglect the word of God, the Holy Spirit does not have the weapon of the, God, of the, uh, of the word of God, so our minds cannot be renewed. That's the only offensive weapon. And if it's, it, it is not here, 
The Holy Spirit can do nothing through us. That's the reality. Because that's what really renew and change our thinking. Then the Holy Spirit will use that offensive weapon when we need it. If we don't do that, we are destined to lose our battles against our real enemies in heavenly places. I want to read Ephesians 3, 10, uh, and 11, and it's not in the slides because, again, I read and read again, and sometimes things come again to me. But that was another thing that was mind-blowing for me. Many, probably not for many others of you, but for me it was. Amaris, can you read that? Ephesians 3, 10, uh, 11. And I want you to take note of that and read it at home again. Ephesians 3, 10 to 11? Okay. I didn't have that once, I need to switch it up. It's okay. Okay. Ephesians 3, 10 to 11. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his window, His wisdom and its rich variety to, to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Wow. When I realize that the church has the power to show the wisdom of God to those heavenly places with all these spirits and evil doers, I was amazed of that. Maybe many of you already realize that. And I have read those scriptures, but sometimes it's like a, that's why we need to memorize. And those are one of the scriptures that I really want to memorize because I need to remember that one of the purpose of the church is to show the wisdom of God in heavenly places. And it's amazing that every time that we are reading the scriptures here, you know, they are learning about the power of God. You know, that's how powerful is his word. Okay, I'm very passionate about that. So you might be thinking, especially my doctors, nurses, and people in science, you know? Well, what about the mental health issues? And we have many today, you know? And after the pandemic, it is really hard. So I'm not saying that we ignore science, doctors, investigation, medicines, not at all, you know? But all those resources are available to us because God is merciful and compassionate to all of us. Do you remember Aiden and, Aiden and Eve uh, in paradise? What happened today? What was the fall in there? Do you remember that? They ate a fruit. What kind of fruit? Can somebody please tell me? But what, what was that fruit about? Sorry? The knowledge, science, good and evil, and everything went down <laughs> at that moment. You know, but he loves us, and that's why we are here, and that's why he gave us the word, because we can fight sin. We can fight all those, all, all those spirits and evil, you know, here and in heavenly places. So God decided that, okay, now we have knowledge, now we have science, let's use it. Let's use it for good because it's already here with us. 
So I'm so thankful for our doctors, nurses, people that are in science, all those that develop the vaccine and everything, because I'm so happy to be with you here today. Without that, we were not here now. So God is using that for good. It can be used, it can be used for evil, of, of course. It depends what is in our minds. So I believe that science without faith is fragile and can be also something that can become proud and self-sufficient. And we can become proud and self-sufficient when we were in the science areas, you know? So science can also become the ruler of our thoughts and contaminate our hearts and our souls if we don't understand, you know? What needs to be in our minds about that? So guarding our minds is very, very important. Keeping our thoughts always captive in Christ and renewed in the word of God is very important too. Now let's talk about our hearts and souls and memorizing scriptures. Well, once our thoughts have flooded and feed in our minds, they will go down to our hearts and we will treasure them. You know, we will treasure them. And finally, they will go to our souls and will transform them in behaviors, our conscience. They will, trans they will be transformed on behaviors and acts. So if our thoughts are captive in Christ and his word, well, that is why we are here today. You know, because if not of that, we were not here today. But we know that it's important to gather. Like last week, my husband talked about that. Gathering is another habit that we cannot forget and we cannot neglect. Because we come here to worship the Lord. How do we, how did we learn that? Through the word of God. That's a thing. That's a talk in the mornings on Sundays or whatever day you meet for growth communities, for any other things, is something that comes to your mind, that you treasure in your, house, in your heart, and then what do you do? You come here. But if we don't have that renewing in our minds, we're not here. You know, that's, that's the reality of things. So, so they become behaviors, right? Well, that is high, and also, and also you are just not here, but you are listening also to the word of God, and hopefully we are all doing what is right according to his word. But what if our minds are fluid, flooded with sinful thoughts? Let's see what Jesus said about when he was asked and questioned, why is that you and your disciples don't watch your hands before eating. Let's see what it says in Matthew 15, 19. Amaris. Matthew 15, 19. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. Okay. So, I love that it says, it says, from the heart come evil thoughts, from the heart come... Wait, 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 wait. Does the heart think? No. But what says, but what happened? Well, 
uh, it, it was not in my notes, but I remember that I saw a documentary, probably Netflix, you know, that it says that it's an investigation that the heart has kind of a, own, a little brain there. I don't know. It was kind of a scientific thing. So those that are in science, please go there and research, you know. That's what listen about that. And it has some kind of way of thinking. But the truth is that, you know, it, everything as, as, as far as we know, you know, comes from our thoughts. And then we treasure that in our, in our hearts, you know. And so it's like our heart somehow uh, get uh, its own thinking about that. The other thing that I love about this is that it says murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. All of that are verbs, actions, behaviors. You see that? You see that? It's, it's, in, it's really interesting. So, Eating with unwashed hands will never defile you. You may become sick. That's, that can happen. So please wash your hands, especially during, the, during these times and all the time. But your dirty hands are not going to defile you, but your heart will. So those are tough words. And probably you have been in sinful places. I have been in those places, no doubt about. How do I know? When the Holy Spirit confronts me with the word of God. Without his word in my mind, it is impossible to recognize our sinful or my sinful behaviors. If we were here, we telling you this story. He used to be a um, leader in Awana for T18s. And something that I really love about Awana in all times, is that kids needed to memorize the word of God. It was required. Every single week that they met, they have to memorize the word of God. And I can tell you that um, my children that attended Awana, you know, they have many of them in their minds. And even though they can go to sinful places, I'm pretty sure that those words are in their minds and the Holy Spirit are going to use them. So let's see what was Bill's story. So he always, uh, they were always learning about Jeremiah 79, and they have to memorize that verse. Amaris, can you read it? Jeremiah 79. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Wow. <laughs> Did you know that? Well, so when they were reading that and memorizing that, um, Bill were asking the kids, can you, trust your, can you trust your heart? And these kids from third grade to sixth grade, you know, quickly, they answered, yes, yes. So Bill asked them to read again and again. The second time, some of them were like, uh, okay, let's think about it. And some still say to the question, can you trust your hand, your heart? Yes. So they start to read and read until the kids got it. Until they got it. So yes, we cannot trust our hearts. No, it's yes that we can trust our hearts. No, we cannot trust our hearts, right? 
So when we react without thinking and only with our emotions from our heart and, and souls, things can go easily wrong in wrong direction. But when our hearts have been influenced by our captive, captive mind, mind in Christ, things can go better. So let's go to Proverbs 4, 20 to 20, 23. Proverbs 4, 20 to 23. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, and for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Wow. I love that it says, pay attention, listen, don't lose sight of them, of the word of God. Why? Because again, our attention, our ears, our eyes are all connected to our brains. Right, doctors? Am I right? Everything is connected to our brain, our brains. And our brain is, is the one who controls our minds. You know? So, this very, that's why it's so important. So, it means that our minds are also connected to all of that. And then, they will penetrate. Look at what it says. What happened with the word of God? It's going to penetrate our hearts and it's going to bring life. Life. Not death, but life. And finally, his words will bring healing to our whole bodies. Healing from, from what kind of disease? Healing from sin. It's healing from sin, really. So finally, your souls will take your body to healing places. Our souls will take our body to healing places and healthy behaviors. So brothers and sisters, I'm really teaching this, like I said at the beginning, to myself first. Believe me. I got to the conclusion that I need to be more diligent memorizing the word of God. So his word will go faster into my mind and thoughts than my fingers and the internet. And my deceiving heart will have life. And my weary soul and body will be healed. Isn't that amazing? Oh, that's the word of God. That's what the word of God can do in our lives. It takes mind, heart, and soul. That's why the Lord asks us. We need to love the Lord with all our minds, hearts, and souls. So I'm just really so thankful with Pastor Ellis that uh, he asked me to preach today about this wonderful habit of memorizing the, scripture, the scriptures because the first convinced about that is me, really. So brothers and sisters, let's, uh, let's strongly consider including, you know, the habit of memorize the word daily in our routines. So again, brothers and sisters, let's read Deuteronomy 11, 18. Deuteronomy 11, 18. So commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. 
Tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Now, we are going to have some, like, three questions, and we are going to think about that. So the first question, we are going to take a, a, sometime, and maybe, Pastor Ellis, if you want to, to, to guide your congregation according to you, what you know about them, that would be also nice. So the first question is, what is feeding my thoughts? We are going to think about that. Yeah, and let me just take that one step farther, too, in saying, um, I don't want you to just think about it. Would you make it a prayer? Would you just take a moment and just ask the Holy Spirit to say to you, like, what is feeding my thoughts? But make that a question to the Holy Spirit of God. So if you need to close your eyes for a minute and just take that as a question to say, Holy Spirit, what is feeding my thoughts? And listen, take a moment to listen. And let's take a moment, too, to ask the Holy Spirit um, the second question, Aida, is really um, offered to us today. What is, what is my heart treasuring? Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what is my heart treasuring? Please speak to me. And then I love the way that the Spirit led Aida to offer us this last question. Um, it reminds me of just standing in front of the mirror with friends and saying, what do you see in me? But ask the Holy Spirit, what kind of behavior are people perceiving from me? You actually might need to take this to the hub in your life, the core group of people around you, the growth community around you this week, and, make, and, and, and offer it as a prayer from the Holy Spirit in that setting people that you love and trust, what kind of behavior are people perceiving from me? What's coming out of my heart? Father, we thank you for this challenging teaching today. Uh, Father, we have expectations of children to memorize things, but somehow when we grow up as adults, we uh, we put aside childish things, but then it makes me think of Jesus saying that it's the little children that get it. And, um, and so, Father, make us more childlike today. May we not trust in the resources at our fingertips, but may we trust in what is proven to work, and that is the power of the Spirit in us. So, Father, we do not want to neglect the Spirit in us, and so we want to give the Spirit tools. And so we want to hold on to the Word of God in us. Father, we are under so many pressures and temptations, things that we invite on ourselves and things that other people do to us. But we want Jesus to come out of us in all of those circumstances. So, Father, would you help us to memorize your words so they can be quickly accessed in the ways that you've made us so that we can fight against the forces that we cannot see. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Anything else you want to share with them before? Sorry? Any other things you want to share no, with them? No, that's it. So I know the Holy Spirit you. speaks to you. Thank and you so. for your patience with my absence. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Um, I would encourage you guys to actually take some time this week to either podcast that or watch it again this week. So we're going to now offer you a challenge. Okay? Are you guys ready to receive a challenge? We are going to take from July 1st through August 30th. Or is there 31 days in August? Okay, yes, thank you. I don't remember. There's, a, there's a, an algorithm that helps you remember which months have 31 days. Um, but so from July 1st through August 31st, we are going to daily as a church, every day, read the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. It takes you less than five minutes to read it out loud or to read it quietly because I can do it. And most of you that have been a part of the Galilee Church long enough to know that I'm not the fastest reader in the room. Um, Every day, July 1st through August 31st, we are going to read Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 as in our personal time. You can read it with others. And here's the side challenge to it. I would love by the time we get to the end of August for there to be a number of us who've actually memorized it. Could there be something in us different if our brains could immediately access what I believe is the most important teaching that Jesus ever shared publicly. If we had access to that before our fingertips could even Google it or go to our Bible app, but it was in us, Matthew chapter five, six, and seven. So I'm going to do my best to memorize it. You pick the translation. Like some English translations, Spanish translations, Portuguese, I don't care what translation you memorize it in, but I would love for us to have a recitation party in September where we just stand up and we just start quoting it and people are saying different translations of it, but it is just oozing out of our church. So I'm not going to call you out today, but I am just going to say I would love to challenge us to saturate ourselves for 60-ish days. Um, in the Sermon on the Mount. And so hopefully you guys will join me in doing that. I think I'm going to be memorizing it in the New Living Translation. Um, I, th- I have found that translation to be helpful as I'm talking to many of my neighbors um, about my faith in Jesus Christ. And so you pick yours, run after it, and I think the Lord's going to use that in a great way. So right now I need a Lord's Table Cup. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, hopefully all of you receive one of these. If you did not, would you just raise your hand and Andre or somebody will bring it your way. We have two over here. Um, I think that they are, uh, anyone else? Okay. So keep your hand up. Andre will make it to you. Oh, it's on the table right next to you. Sorry. He, he, uh, he put it within arm's reach, I think. It's not there. Sorry. Somebody snagged them. Okay, so here we go. Um, Again, I don't want the familiarity of us doing this every week to take away from what this means. Because when Jesus did this with his disciples, and then ultimately the early church started doing it with each other, it was a meal. It wasn't a little plastic cup that looked like a child's toy. Um, It was a meal. And they took time to be fully invested in conversation around it. And so I want us to draw into that in this glimpse of what this means, because this is the story of God's great love for us in that he sent us Christ Jesus to accomplish for us what we couldn't do for ourselves, which is freedom from our sin, freedom from this enslavement of our sin and the ways that we can then get a new life and a new heart to move forward. And so I'd love for you to remove the wafer at the bottom 
Because when Jesus was passing this around, he was letting his disciples know that his body was going to be broken for them. Now, they, again, I still think the disciples had no clue really what he was implying. They didn't really get it for, I believe, another week or two or 40 days, arguable, before they really understood that his body was broken for them. But we understand. His body was broken for us. But then it was becoming the understanding that Jesus was then delegating his life to his disciples to live a life like he's his. And so we are remembering Jesus, but we are also remembering what it looks like for us to follow Jesus. Because our family members, our people where we live, need to see us broken for them. So right now, would you just hold the wafer up to somebody near you? And, and together, would we just remind each other that his body was broken for you? Would you just sh- share that? Practice saying it. All right. And let's take this now in remembrance of him. And then as you do that, would you remove the... Say, try to safely remove um, the, the lid to the, to the cup. But when Jesus was also reminding his disciples, he was reminding them that, that his blood was being shed for the forgiveness of their sins. Um, and right now, we need to be reminded that his blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. So we need to hear it. We need to say it. So hold this up to somebody. And this is his blood shed for you. And let's do this together. And then we join in with the fantastic church tradition um, of announcing the mystery of our faith in three simple phrases. And so for those of you who've been with us for a while, let's say it out loud together. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. I want to remind you guys tonight at five o'clock, we're having our joint covenant family. All of our Patterson brothers and sisters will all be here in this space tonight. So if you're thinking about church membership or you feel like you've been a part of our church family and you want to be here tonight, we're going to be talking about the church vision, our church leadership structure, and what we anticipate the next year looking like as we're coming out of the pandemic. That's tonight at five o'clock. We'd love to see you guys here for that. And then remember all the other announcements because there's too many for me to remind you of. But let me just give a benediction. As we go from here today, may we hide his words in our heart so we may not sin against him. And may God's grace and peace be with you. Thank you, guys. Remember, next Sunday, Sabbath Sunday.